Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, nice to be with you on this joyous, momentous day. Yeah, a lot of uh, excitement in Broncos country right now, Eric. Uh, and that's because the Broncos have uh, announced that their new head coach is going to be Nathaniel Hackett. Eric, what, uh, what was your reaction? You pumped up? You fired up? Oh, I am pumped up, but that, that can't be, right? I was told that this whole process was just a sham. It was a farce. That's what Twitter told me. No, So you thought it was going to be somebody else? Well, Twitter said that from the very beginning, before this process even started, it was going to be Dan Quinn. They said that they didn't, you know, they were just doing these interviews for just appearances. For fun. Just for fun. So I'm a little confused. No, it's not a hack it. No. You like to call out the haters, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I do. I like to just keep things positive, keep moving, and I just ignore the haters. Yeah, I like to point them out one yeah, by you one. You get down in the weeds. And which is why I've got there. a list here. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. No. We'll say goodbye, and then you'll just keep going, you know, <laughs> and then you'll just keep going. How about that? No, I mean, I think that this is an exciting hire for the Broncos. It is one that I think was maybe unexpected at the beginning of this search um, based on former coaches the Broncos have had. You thought maybe in, in the way George Payton talked about what they were looking for in terms of you know, leadership, inspiration. You thought maybe you were going to bring someone in who was a former head coach. But, Phil, I like that you're going this direction. I like that you're taking somebody who is an offensive-minded head coach who relates to people, who's a leader in maybe a different way than some other coaches. And, Phil, this team, I think, needed to take a chance, needed to to kind of fight fire with fire with Mahomes, with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They did that today by hiring Nate Hackett. Yeah, and I think that it goes uh, in a different direction for the organization after going with Vance Joseph and then Vic Fangio, a couple of uh, defensive-minded head coaches. The Broncos now trying uh, a different direction here as they uh, hire Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Eric, a lot of things to get to on this episode. I think, first of all, maybe we'll talk about what does this mean for this Broncos offense? What 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 is this offense going to look like uh, after two years under Pat Shermer calling the place? Uh, this is going to have a little bit of a different feel, I would think. So maybe we can uh, get into that a little bit. And then I think the big question uh, most people are probably wondering is, does this mean Aaron Rodgers is going to be uh, the <laughs> Broncos? Stir the pot. Yeah, exactly. Stir it up. Well, I think one thing we could definitely talk about is just, uh, you know, uh, Hackett's success is probably going to depend greatly on Who's under center for the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, that's any head coach. But I think that you look at some of the previous quarterbacks that Nathaniel Hackett's worked with that aren't Aaron Rodgers, and you say, okay, well, there's some reason to believe uh, here that even with kind of an average level of quarterback play, that he's going to be able to make this work. But, of course, we expect the Broncos to, to make some sort of move at quarterback they pretty much have to because Teddy Bridgewater's not under contract and you don't know what's going to happen with Drew Locke here. Have they seen enough from him? So we're assuming they're going to go after some sort of quarterback. How they do it, we don't know yet, but I have faith in Hackett that he'll be able to make that work. Yeah, that's. I think that's just the big thing is that the head coach and the quarterback, especially when you're an offensive-minded head coach, you work so closely together, you're in a lot of meetings together, and then come game day, it's you know this is what's going to make this team go. You yep. know, so uh, I think that that's a big thing to talk about. And then maybe just the general direction that this organization is heading in now with Hackett uh, under the helm. You know, the, George Payton said that he wanted a leader. You know, what kind of leadership are we getting here with Hackett? What uh, just what's the tone in the building? What what's the feel around here going to be like uh, now that the Broncos are under a new direction? Yeah, and that direction is going to include some more choices. You know, who's going to come? Is anybody going to come with Nathaniel Hackett? Who's how's he going to build out this offensive staff, this defensive staff? That's going to be important for a first time head coach. How do you kind of manage things like that? Um, those are. You know, we're excited about Nathaniel Hackett. We're going to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I think uh, fans want to know more about him. But the question is, what's next? It's always yeah. what's next. And uh, for Nathaniel Hackett, it is building out that staff. It's that quarterback. It's getting everything in place. And then it's seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hackett is the guy who meets the media four times a week, you know, uh, during the season. He's the guy at the Combine who's the, he sort of becomes – 
the voice of the franchise. Of course. You know, in essence, because you're just su- such a media-facing uh, figure here. So uh, the Broncos are going to have a new face now uh, with Hackett there. So uh, I think a lot to uh, – unpack here a little bit on this episode of the neutral zone so let's go ahead and dive right in here eric Uh, what is this broncos offense going to look like well it'll be interesting to see because his system in buffalo and in jacksonville was a little bit different than it is or i guess was the last three seasons in green bay not quite the the same offensive scheme so it'll be interesting to see does he try to meld the two does he go with what they were doing in green bay i think some of that's going to depend on who the quarterback is and we'll get to that in a second but to have a guy that gives you an edge offensively i Mm -hmm. think is just so important in this league right now and you look at some all the coaches who are in these or who you know the championship games zach taylor andy reed sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan, like those guys are all offensive-minded guys who give you an edge. And I think at this point the Broncos needed somebody like that. I think Nathaniel Hackett can do that. One of the areas he's been really good in is the red zone. Mm -hmm. They call it the gold zone. They call that the gold zone. In Green Bay. Gold. Gold. You know, Dave Platty up at CU famously coined the term red zone when he was trying to keep statistics here. So, uh I don't know how I feel about it going. Oh, you don't? Different, yeah. Well, we'll see if he brings that. Orange and blue zone? <laughs> I don't know. But but How about the touchdown zone? In, well, in 2020, <laughs> the Packers had the best red zone offense in history since they started tracking that back in the late 90s. They scored touchdowns on like 80% of their red zone trips. Yeah. I don't know if the Broncos are going to be that good, but if they get even close, that's an edge. You know, you get to yep. the red zone. If it's hard to stop the Broncos with a guy like Javante Williams – with uh, receivers like Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, those big tight ends you have. There's a lot of weapons to work with here. And so right away I look at, can you give the Broncos an edge there? And from an offensive standpoint, if you can just put up somewhere in the mid-20s of points, you're going to finally be able to keep up with these teams. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit hard to predict exactly what this thing is going to look like just because in Green Bay you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time uh, in Aaron Rodgers there. And then, obviously, LaFleur's influence there from the McVay system and just sort of how how they run things. I think that it's hard the to Shanahan just— The Shanahan system, really. Is LaFleur from the— Well, McVay is from, you know— Yeah, it's all kind of jumbled a little bit, huh? Like, let's give Mike some credit here, right? Okay, fine. I'll give him from the Mike Shanahan system. Tree. The tree starts with the yeah, way the branches can't grow trees in the shade, you know. That's true. Paxton Lynch said that. I'm not sure if we want. Let's not associate. Okay, that. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just this dates. Sorry. Anyway, I'm just saying you don't want to just look at Green Bay and be like, oh, this is what of course the philosophies are here. But I think that uh, maybe some of the clues can just uh, about um, Nathaniel Hackett here is, you know, we know that this guy is very smart, very bright. You know, he was uh, when he was in school, he was heading down the path to become a surgeon. You know, he was in the medical field here. Then he decided, no, I want to have a little bit more fun. I want to be, you know, be able to show my personality more. He's going to bring a lot of personality to this Broncos team. I mean, that might be the biggest nine-day change from Vic Fangio to to uh, Hackett here is. This guy likes to do hip hop dance. He likes to do, you know, all, he likes funny movies. He likes to make these meeting rooms like really engaging. I think that that's something that's going to change here. And the offense, I mean, what he ran that K gun type of Bills Jim Kelly style offense, but uh, he wanted to add some more explosiveness. That's what really intrigued him about taking that job in Green Bay. You know that he's going to learn some of these more explosive plays. I bet you that he's going to mold this thing to all the weapons the Broncos have and just sort of, like you mentioned, give this team an edge on the offensive side of the ball. Right, and we know that you know the running game is a big part of the success they had in Jacksonville, and they've been pretty good at that in Green Bay as yeah, well. Leonard Obviously, Fournette there. In, in Jacksonville, yeah. And Aaron Jones, of course, a good running back in Green Bay. Uh, the play-action pass, a big thing that I'm sure he'll emphasize, but – like you mentioned, we'll figure out kind of – I think a lot of it, if you're a good offensive coach, is you're going to tailor it around your players. And so once we find out who the quarterback is going to be, we'll kind of get a better sense. But to your point about kind of being the, the fun, energetic, um, 
guy in these meeting rooms, I think he's a great teacher. Yeah. You know, I think he's going to be able to stand up. He's going to be able to stand up in these meeting rooms and talk to the group as a whole and teach. But I also think one-on-one, this is a guy that is going to, you know, whether it's working with a running back, a wide receiver, a quarterback, I think he get, he finds a unique way to connect with people where you're not – you don't just buy into kind of like the message. You learn something. Yeah. And so – and Vic Fangio was the same way there from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. But this is just – it's an offensive league, Phil. And so – for the Broncos to have somebody that is not going anywhere. I mean, that's something we've talked about a lot is on the offensive side. If you've high, if you hire a defensive minded head coach and you have a great offensive coordinator and you have success, that guy's going to go to leave to be a head coach. Nathaniel Hackett, if the Broncos find success, he might have to replace a, an offensive coordinator of his own. He might have to replace a quarterback's coach, you know, running whoever. Yeah, a little but bit he, easier to replace a defensive side if your, that person your gets play hired caller away. remains in place. Yeah, and that's a, I think a big thing yeah. for this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, so much is going to depend on that quarterback, but uh, I think that just having these weapons and then being able to put them in the best positions to succeed out there is is what the Broncos are really counting on Hackett to do. Because I, I think we could all agree that the weapons on the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball last year did not live up to their potential. You yep. know, Jerry Judy did not catch a touchdown last year, Eric. I mean, that is crazy. You're talking about the 15th overall pick just two years ago. Talked about all this hype heading into training camp around him. And for him to just not catch a touchdown pass, maybe something – there was a disconnect going on there. You know, I mean, not to talk poorly about Pat Shermer, but Jerry Judy did not live up to his uh, potential last year. Hackett, you as a good coach, you got to be able to get the most out of your players. Yeah, and you know, obviously, the quarterback position in Green Bay is much more talented than what yes. the Broncos have dealt with. But yes. I would say the Broncos' receivers are probably better than the Packers. The Packers yeah. and what uh, Nathaniel Hackett has had to use the last few years. And so, I'm really excited to see what does he do with Jerry Judy? What does yep. he do with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick? Who you know, when George Payton signs those guys last year. It's not just a last-year decision. I'm sure he's thinking, hey, if we can get this offense going, and now those are two weapons that you definitely have for Nathaniel Hackett and whoever the quarterback is, it's a big deal. Yeah, and you just hear from guys that uh, Hackett has worked with that they say this guy's able to connect with them, able to put them in the best position to succeed. And I think that if you're a Broncos offensive player, you got to be pretty excited about the news today just knowing that, look, this guy's going to be – there's going to be a different feel – you know, with the team, you know, the, when you're talking about an offensive minded head coach, a little more aggressiveness on that side of the ball and, and just a, a different feel in general. Yeah. And, and I'll say one more thing about kind of why Nathaniel Hackett, maybe especially offensively, is because some people might be thinking, oh, Kevin O'Connell's an offensive guy mm. too. He's in that McVeigh system, the Shanahan system. Like he's a yeah. young, up and coming guy. But there's still a little bit of a projection because O'Connell's never called plays. Uh, when he was in Washington, things didn't go all that well. And granted, there's a, a talent gap there between yep. what he's dealing with and, and what's going on in Los Angeles. Nathaniel Hackett has called plays. Yeah, not in Green Bay. Not in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur calls the plays yep. there. But he has called plays before. Yes. And so from that standpoint, it's not a projection of like, Hey, are you going to be able to make this work? Are you going to be able to do this? Are you going to be able to write the script up? And you're going to be yeah. able to, you know, there's a certain like cadence and a certain feel you have to have, I think, of when's the right time to call this play? When's the right time to take a deep shot? Yeah. He, you'd kind of be, unless you've sure. done that. Right. Unless you've done it, you just don't know. And so, yeah. you know, I, I like that George went in the direction of kind of this offensive minded, you know, guru getting the edge there but i think he did it in a responsible way where you're getting somebody who you have some information about already yeah and i mean he's done his homework during this process obviously they interviewed a lot of different uh, candidates from all different sorts of backgrounds whatever hack it was able to communicate in some of these meetings uh, must have aligned with what george wanted so uh, must have been able to sell him on his ability to do what. And they each had a margarita, according to our friend Mike Yeah, Chris. that kind of gets you going a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know? like those. Yeah, yeah. I like those tweets. Just sort of loosens up a little bit. You and I were at a table just a couple tables down. Trying to eavesdrop. Well, we wouldn't. That's not. 
Right. What are they talking about? Oh. Well, we were um, we had more than one margarita. <laughs> yes. We're not going down there for one margarita. No. no. Why waste our time? You know what I mean? Let's just, <laughs> exactly. It's time to have some you know, yeah talk football. I mean, that's what we usually do before we do the podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah so. That's why they're so good. <laughs> exactly. Eric, let's get on to our second topic here and just talk a little bit about what really everybody's wondering here is, uh, do you think the Broncos, there's been a lot of reports that they might be interested in a certain future Hall of Famer that happened to play for Hackett last year. Anything to do with that, uh, with this decision? I mean, that's going to be the, the storyline, right? It's like you hired Nathaniel Hackett to go get Rodgers. It's fun, and, you know, who knows what happens. Obviously, you can't talk too much about it now because Aaron Rodgers is under contract with another yes. team. But I would – and listen, George That's Payton's going to be facing questions about this. Nathaniel Hackett's going to be asked about it. If Rodgers talks at some point, I'm sure he'll be asked about it. I mean, this is – it's not going to go away until Aaron no. Rodgers makes a decision. And listen, if that happens, it'd be a tremendous perk. Well, look, Rodgers this week uh, on the Pat McAfee show said that he's going to make his decision right around the franchise tag deadline, which is right. at the beginning of March. Right. And so whatever happens, if, know he, that. if he says, hey, I'm coming to Denver, I want to go to Denver, I'm sure that Broncos fans would be thrilled. It would change this offense. But all that to say, and I'm sure George Payton will say this, we hired Nathaniel Hackett because of who he is as a head coach yes, and how he is as an offensive mind and who he is as a leader and not the quarterback is a separate issue. Yeah. And it might seem like a nice fitting storyline, but, but let's put it this way too, Phil, you can't count on that happening. Exactly. And so if your plan is to just hope that you somehow get this hall of fame quarterback yeah. and then you don't, you know, you're just going to fall flat. That's and a so bad plan. They never would have made this higher if they didn't believe that Nathaniel Hackett could have had success with any number of quarterbacks. It's kind of like in uh, college recruiting where you get the brother right. because he's got a younger brother who's supposed to be really good. So you get the older brother, then you got a little pipeline going there. Yeah. I don't think that's what the Broncos were doing with this. No, it, it just doesn't make <laughs> – you can't do that. Well, I, Hope is not a strategy. Correct. And if you're if you're doing that purely to try to attract somebody from Green Bay, I mean, not it just point. is not going to – But I will say Hackett uh, will now be a part of this evaluation process moving yeah. forward and what the Broncos uh, decide to do. That's going to get started immediately with the Senior Bowl coming up here. Uh, the Combine is right around the corner. I'm sure that uh, the process heading into the draft is fully underway. You know, this this is going to get started here in a hurry. Yeah, and I mean, listen, who doesn't want one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL? doesn't just have to be Rodgers. Like, you want one of those top guys, yeah. obviously, or to find one of them through the draft or, or take somebody that – is currently middle tier and help them reach their potential. Like, of course you want that. And so, you know, I don't think the Broncos are going to be like, oh, we have no interest or blah, blah, blah. They have to say something along the lines of, he's under contract, we can't talk about that. Yeah. That's that's the way the rules are. Yes. Um, they cannot talk about Aaron Rodgers. But I'm sure, and, and, you know, I don't know how in-depth George will go into this, but I, I would imagine in any interview with Nathaniel Hackett, it's probably, okay, well – if we keep Drew, how do you make What's this work? Plan? If you get a, a kind of a middle-tier veteran free agent, how do we make this work? If we go th with a guy in the draft, what's your plan there? Yep. If we go out and we get you know a big-name guy, whether it's Rodgers or Russell Wilson or somebody like that, how do you make that work? George is so thorough that he's yep. probably evaluated all these options and how Hackett would fit with each of these options and then – made the decision from there but i you know we can both say with 100 percent certainty this decision was not made only because of only because of that connection because if that's the case you're just setting yourself up for failure <laughs> yeah no that didn't happen but i will say uh hackett has had success with blake bortles in yeah. uh, uh jacksonville when he was in buffalo he worked well with kyle orton you know, so like he's worked with a lot of different guys, and we talk about giving you, giving your team an edge, 
that's what good coaches can do is take this talent and say, okay, how can we come up with a game plan here to go out and, and get a win? And I think that you see good head coaches do that. Now, ultimately, what's going to get the team over the top or like into the mix of actually contending, you've got to have that quarterback. Yeah. So, like you see, like even a Sean McVay, they have a lot of success with Jared Goff, but he, that wasn't good enough for him. He was like, we got to go out and get a guy like Matthew Stafford, uh, who's maybe just a notch above a guy like Goff. And now, look, they're playing for just one notch. How many notches? Well, I'm personally a huge fan of Matthew yeah. Stafford, so I don't know if I'm a good person to ask. But I will say, like a guy like uh, even the same things happening with the 49ers, where that's a very interesting situation where. They can go to Green Bay, they can craft this game plan and have a lot of success, but even in the 49, on the 49ers side, they're like, Garoppolo's just not good enough here, we don't think. So that's why they went in out and uh, drafted Lance last year. So, I mean, uh, ultimately you've got to have to have that guy, but I think with coaching and, and the proper scheming and everything, you can have a lot of success. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, everyone's kind of like, oh, Rodgers has done this for him. Rodgers got him a job. Rodgers going to get... This is not an Adam Gase type of situation with, with Peyton Manning. <laughs> I'm not, no, that's not a shot, but I think that that's what a lot of people look back on and say, well, Gase just had a lot of success because of Peyton Manning. Yeah. Well, and, This and, guy, Hackett, has done it before. Well, he's done it before, and also... Rodgers before Hackett and LaFleur got there. And, and we bring Hackett up so much, everyone's probably like, oh, it's just Matt LaFleur. Well, no, Hackett works with Rodgers very closely because that yeah. coach has a lot of other things to do. And like we mentioned, the red zone stuff, Aaron Rodgers has spoken glowingly about Hackett and his ability to teach. But before Hackett got there, Rodgers' play had kind of slipped a little bit. It was not you know, exactly where you wanted it to be. It's not what you would expect from a future first ballot Hall of Famer necessarily yeah. in terms of efficiency. They've gotten back on track. He's won. He's going to win back-to-back MVP awards. Yeah. You know, first team All-Pro two years in a row. Yeah. He's Nathaniel Hackett has taken a really great player and helped him elevate his game. Yeah, which is what coaches are supposed to yeah. do. And I think that for, for ha- from Hackett's perspective, he's got to be excited about what the Broncos provide you know, the opportunity here, you know, regardless of what, what else happens, the Broncos have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the football and they have a lot of draft picks and cap space coming up here. So he's really going to work with George Payton very closely and whether it's going out and getting somebody or what they end up doing with free agency and the draft, the, he's going to be very closely associated with how this team comes together. You know, the, he'll be able to have his, thumbprints all over whatever this roster ends up looking like come this fall yeah and i mean the offense has a lot of talent this is not a situation like a buffalo where the team lacks some talent and obviously jacksonville had a successful year there and had you mean when he was there yeah Yeah, not not buffalo now sorry buffalo when hackett was there in like 2012 13 14 that that time range um so he's going to come in and you would expect if he can even get kind of serviceable quarterback play that this offense should take a step forward. Yeah, yeah. And we know that uh, uh, George Payton said he doesn't want just one guy to just worry about just one side of the ball. So that kind of gets into our next topic here, and that's just sort of like now that Hackett is the new face of this franchise in terms of just he's an outward-facing figure now. He's going to meet the press a lot. He's going to set the tone around here. Uh, what are you expecting? What's going to be going on with Hackett? You know, I guess the, his first uh, job is going to be to assemble a, a staff here. Yeah, staff. And, you know, if we want to talk about that first, I think you want to maybe consider keeping a couple coaches who are around. I mean, there's some really good coaches on this staff. Uh, Mike Munchak, obviously, a Hall of Famer. He's a really good offensive line coach. Zach Azani has, you know, gotten a lot of uh, – people have sung his praises as a, as a wide receivers coach. Curtis Modkin's obviously very respected. Kind of keep going there. But so there are some intriguing offensive Internal. options internally. Um, and then defensively, you think about, well, hey, do you want – a lot of times, Phil, when a, when a young head coach – and Hackett's 42, so he's not – He's not 30 years old like McVay was when he was yeah. hired, for example. But there's kind of that tendency. You, you pair a young head coach with an older, more experienced defensive coordinator, a, a Wink Martindale, for example. You could go that direction, or you could say, 
no, I want to I want to keep the energy in the building. I want to get another young guy in here. Um, yeah, and kind of go that direction. So that's the decision he's going to have to make as a staff. I would think in some way you probably want a defensive expert, obviously, whether that's a young guy or not. But yep. you need a good play caller there because you've got so much talent defensively. You don't want that side of the ball to slip much. Yeah, we talked about uh, taking a cork out and putting it in a different yeah. hole. You don't want to create these. You know, you don't want a good offense and a, and then a struggling defense now. Right. You know, so I do think that he's going to just probably want to establish the best coaching staff he he can. But there, you're right, Eric. When you're a first time head coach, you can go a couple of different routes where you're like, I want everybody to view me as like sort of this alpha, and I don't want anybody who's you know, going to challenge me on that. Or you could say, I want as much input as I can from people who've been around the game a lot. And, you know, it's going to be important for me to have a guy like Munch in, in here who can sort of help me or maybe a veteran defensive guy who can help me through this process. Because, you know, there are going to be some growing pains where he just sort of has to figure out how he likes things as the head coach where right. he hasn't sat in that seat ever before. Right. And, you know, his dad – Long time former coach. About 40 plus years, 42 years, I think. Yeah, and and had some NFL stops as a head coach. So he probably gets some advice, you know, there has seen some of how that works. Oh, yeah. He's been Uh, around the game a lot. Right. He grew up in the locker room, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, it will be interesting to see how he assembles that staff. But I think, and this kind of leads to my next point about what, what the tone is kind of. I talked to an athletic writer in uh, a the athletic writer. He could be athletic too, you know. But yeah, how do you? He yeah, works for the athletic. That? Got it. A writer who works for the athletic. Yeah, was Matt Schneidman, and he said because I asked him, and this was when Dan Quinn was kind of considered one of the favorites. This was right as the search was starting. And I said, "You think of Dan Quinn, and you think of somebody that like." fires you up like he walks in the room like you're you're paying attention the backwards like, hat you know that kind of gets you, you love the backwards yeah, hat yeah maybe maybe Nathaniel. not for me personally oh. i cannot no, i no, cannot no, no, no. wear a backwards hat no i actually don't look good in a hat mm. and i don't really want to cover up what's going yeah, on yeah you don't want to cover up your best <laughs> attribute you know but uh so i asked him hey nathaniel hackett seems more like kind of a and this is not a rah rah, not, yeah, just like, like an rah. empathetic guy who, who understands people, a communicator. Yeah, yeah. And Matt was like, "Yeah, it's a good point." There's you view leadership that you have to be kind of like this, this stern, like mm. you know, yell all the time, right? But there's value too in a leader that brings people with him. And so mm. he said, his relationship with Aaron Rodgers is more of like it's a partnership as opposed to. Coach I'm the player. coach. You're the player. You do exactly what I say. Exactly. And so I think whether it's building a staff with an you know an older defensive coordinator or you know f- maybe a former head coach on the staff or something like that, I think I would expect him to view this as kind of like a partnership where he's trying yeah. to. Everything I've heard, he has a lot of emotional intelligence, and so you're going to hear that. I would expect his message of like. He's going to try to raise these players up yeah. instead of – so it might not be like what you would expect from a, a Mike Vrabel, for example. Got it. Where he, yes. he's threatening to, to cut things off before the season. Like, uh, Can you be a little more specific? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, it's God. a family is, podcast. Okay, got it, got it. That is true. Uh, I agree with you, Eric, and it kind of gets back to what we've talked about uh, throughout this coaching search the last couple of weeks here is do you go in a – opposite direction of what you had before here and you know one of the things you heard about uh coming from the locker room a little bit with Vic Fangio was that you know it was sort of he's gonna call the plays and you're gonna do it as a player you know or or, and you just hear a little bit of that you even heard a little bit from Drew Locke there toward the end is where when he was scrambling and scored those touchdowns he's like yeah they finally let me do that (laughs) you know so you heard some of those things Every now and then, just a little bit, something like that, where maybe you're like, oh, gosh, I wonder if this coaching staff is really uh, having tune. this good back and forth yeah. with the with the players. And so it just makes sense that when you make a change, you want something different. And I think that Hackett definitely brings a little bit of that, where um, I think you heard Aaron Rodgers uh, was quoted, at, you know, that he really commands a room. He makes these meetings fun. Uh, I think that... 
that's the kind of coach the Broncos are getting. Yeah, and it's like it's a different type of energy, but it, it still yeah. brings energy. Yes, of course it does. And uh, I just I think it'll be revitalizing. I think it'll help this team. You know, there's still going to be tough stretches, and you need somebody that I think yeah. you know can can break it up. And uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he adapts as a motivator, how he runs those yeah. meetings, all those sorts of things will be interesting to watch. But there's Phil, there's just like an excitement because it's it's new. Yeah, you know, like it's not. And this is nothing. I'm sure if if Dan Quinn is hired somewhere and he goes on to he could very well have success but i think that he would have been a similar hire to to where the broncos have gone in the past in some ways you know like a a john fox a john fox you know a similar maybe what vance joseph was supposed to be got it yep this feels like kind of excited yeah you know it's like there's definitely going to be a honeymoon phase here where well, yeah, everything well, seems like sort of just like really wonderful but i think the fact that you're getting a unique communicator yep. Yep. someone who has a unique ability to connect yes. with players and coaches and somebody who has this offensive uh gives you an edge there yeah you're kind of like oh i'm you know i'm like really intrigued to see how this plays out i think that well we haven't met him yet but what you right. read about nathaniel hackett is makes makes you be like i really want to meet this guy yeah he seems very interesting you know like he likes wine he's a wine enthusiast he does hip hop dance same. classes. Not same. I want to see you. I need a video yeah. of you doing hip hop dancing with this guy. Yeah, I think that if I could keep up, I mean, it's back physically. To the back. Yeah, it's physically challenging. You know, uh, you know, he was heading down this path to become a surgeon, and then just switches courses and wants to be a, a you know, a, a football coach. Even when he was a football player at UC Davis, he was a linebacker. And a long snapper. Yeah. You know, these are just like this a very interesting person, you know, and I think that uh, you hear him being able to command the room and be able to communicate. You just want to see what, what happens here with him. And I think that there's a, you know, who knows what happens. You've got to have the success on the field. But George has talked about the importance of finding someone that he gets along with. Yeah. That they have the same vision. Yeah. And because of their relative youth, like if this works out – they can be kind of in these parallel paths to each together. other, you know, together on the same path, guiding this organization forward for a long time. I think that's the goal because, I mean, that's the other thing that we heard from George Payton is that when you keep making changes at that head coaching spot, you can't sustain success. Right. So that's a big thing. But, you know, when, when you're a first-time uh, head coach like Hackett is now, there's a lot of little things that most fans don't even really think about. You know, hey, when the Broncos go on the road and they play on the East Coast, are they leaving on Friday? Are they leaving on Saturday? Are they leaving in the morning? Are they leaving in the evening? Uh, what's the schedule during the day? You know, are they going to be meeting in the morning, practice in the afternoon? When is media going to be available? Uh, how much of an open book is he going to be? Is he going to allow a lot of access, not that much access? You know, all these types of things – you, you got to figure out because they're going to change now with Hackett. Right. And, you, yeah, I mean, there's all, all sorts of stuff. The, is a player's day off going to be Monday or Tuesday? You know, yep. like those things change from coach to coach. And then you get to the point where so much more comes across your desk. That's what we yep. hear from every new head coach as well. I didn't realize that, you know, if, if X goes wrong in, you know, in the marketing department, you're going to hear, hear about it. it when you might not have heard about it before as the offensive coordinator and so that you got the pulse of the whole organization really right you know what what do you want on the walls as the players walk in yeah do you want them to see the trophies do you want them what do you want the locker room to be like all these things are all so much less actual hands-on coaching more of uh you know a a 360 view of the organization right but i and i think the challenge is still being able to do what you do best which is that coaching and so i think I would imagine he'll still be – obviously, we don't know yet. He hasn't talked quite yet, but I would imagine he'll remain the play caller, and so that's a, a big part of it. And so you have to remain very in tune with at least the offense. And then I think from what I've heard, the way he runs these meetings, as we've talked about again and again, I think really helps in a team setting and get the team together and kind of yeah. manage the entire – the tone of your players. Like, yeah. that's a big deal, and I think that – from what we've heard, and like you mentioned, we haven't met him quite yet, but those communication skills should help him kind of deal with all that. Yeah, 
And what do you think, like a player like Justin Simmons or maybe like a defensive guy, uh, a Sertan or something like that, how do you think they are feeling about this? I mean, I'm sure if you're a defensive player, you're interested in – well, your, your first reaction is probably, okay, good, the offense is probably going to be better because that's what's been holding this team back. And mm. the defense, credit to them, they never came out and were like, oh, they got to be better the way that – They would never say that. Well, teams yeah. in the past here have said, said that. that. But those guys did not say that this yep. year. But internally, you got to be like, okay, hey, we're going to have a chance now to score points. That's going to yep. help us win games. We're going to be playing with a lead. So you're excited about that. I think you're then your next thought is, okay, well, who's going to be our defensive coordinator? Yep. Who's going to call our plays? And that kind of takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And then your next thing is, okay, well, I want to meet the guy, and I want to know how he is. And, from again, from what we've heard, he's really good in these one-on-one settings. He's very good at connecting with people. And so I can imagine, you know, Justin Simmons meeting Nathaniel Hackett for the first time and them, them hitting off, them having a great conversation. And really, as a player, being able to feel like your coach like cares for you as the person. See, that's what I was going to say. I mentioned those two guys because I imagine when you're the head coach and you come in, you got to win over your leaders, you know, and you got to be able to connect right away there. I would say maybe not right away. Vic Fangio and, like, Von Miller didn't hit it off right away. Well, he, you know what I mean? he challenged him in his press yeah, conference. exactly. And so that's another thing, thing to watch in the press conference is how does Nathaniel Hackett, when he's asked about – because he will be asked about the roster. Yeah. When he's asked about Justin Simmons – does he say, oh, yeah, Justin can be even better? Or does he say, man, Justin Simmons is a guy that I've loved watching. Like, yeah. these guys want to be coached at some point, but when the first time you like meet that? him, yeah. the first time you meet him. Oh, you forgot to pay the bills again or oh Swanson? Oh, my gosh. Let's turn on these lights here. There we go. Well, they, they just had to Hackett make said, the offer. Hackett said, no more, pre- no more podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's going to be a, like a third co-host. Uh, if he if he wants to be, I would love to have yeah, him. Yeah, that'd be I great. I think we both. Yeah, I mean, maybe we do like a, a weekly well, like a, a movie show? watching thing where we like watch a movie with him, and that could be nice. Yeah. Like a comedy movie. Yeah, like a like the Ringer. Step Brothers. How the Ringer does it exactly. The yeah. rewatchables. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that could be. That would be good content. content. Yeah, don't that steal nice. that anybody. No, that's all right. We did dibs. Dibs. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, I, would, I, would, I would think his approach will be praise at first. Especially, like, uh, I was going to say, I think Vic Fangio, the way he approached that was like, they've brought me in here to make this defense even better. Yeah. And so this is why I'm here. Yeah. That's probably true of the offense here. You know, like, hey, they've brought in Nathaniel Hackett to make the offense better. And he's going to have to hit the ground running here. So, but the approach is he going to be like, Jerry Judy's got to catch more passes or he's yeah. got to be more involved or whatever. I mean, well, and you can do it in a way where, you know, you can say, we need more from Jerry Judy. Yeah. That's, that's blunt. Or you can say, man, Jerry Judy's a phenomenal talent. We got to find a way to get him more involved. Yeah, there you go. Those are the, the you are tone. saying the exact same the thing tone. there. Like we need more from Jerry Judy. You're saying it the same thing, but the difference in how you say I'm it. I'm fired up to work with this yeah, guy. I can't Once we wait. get together, yeah, this is, sky's the limit. Yeah, forty touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. at least minimum thirty points. Yeah, every you're going to be like, uh, how points. do we get Jerry ten touches and Corlin ten touches and Javante twenty and Noah ten? No, Javante needs like 15, the other running back 15. Nice 30 runs. 30 runs. Is that too much? That's well, a lot I'm just of assuming runs. you get a big lead, and oh, then you yeah. just like, then you know. It's a lot of runs. Then you run it out. I mean, it, it's going to depend on the quarterback, right? Yeah. Like if, I mean, here's something interesting. Blake Bortles in 2017 Ooh. threw 35 touchdown passes. That's a lot. With that funky motion. When is the last time the Broncos, I mean, 2014? There's no way Peyton Peyton threw 35 and 15, right? Uh, I'm not sure what his numbers were. There's no no, way. Because he missed a lot of games and everything, too. I mean, the Broncos quarterbacks might not have 35 combined over the last two years. Wow. That is crazy to think about. I think that that might be a true fact. It could be true. Because Teddy finished You really never know here on the neutral. (laughs) Well, Drew had, I think, 15 in 2020. 15 or 16. Yeah. What about good old Rip? He had a couple tubs. Got himself a tub. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I forget about Rip. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was out there throwing bombs. <laughs> uh, man, it, it is. Uh, I'll just say it, it is exciting to know that the Broncos are going to uh, place more of a priority on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and maybe you know before halftime, maybe instead of being a little more conservative, boom, let's go, let's go. Yeah, and those are some things too. You know, we we haven't talked a ton about like question marks, but yeah. one question mark is obviously. How's he with uh, the challenge flag? Well, yeah, that, I mean, it's you know, how are, how are the, the game coach? management? Yeah, are they going to go for fourth down a lot? You know, yeah, are they going to be aggressive? Are you are an they? analytics guy? Yeah, all of these we you love just the analytics see. guy. Yeah. Well, and then of course the maybe the biggest question mark is how does he do with a quarterback that's not Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, of course. Can he develop a young guy? Yeah, you know, can you work with this guy and just get it? You know, uh, there's a lot that goes on with it, with this uh, type of a hire, and I, I assume that you just get everything aligned with what George is is hoping to see here. Yeah. Now I will say, he is stepping into an advantageous situation where some coach is going to go, you know, join the Jaguars, for example, where you're starting with two wins, or three wins. Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Though. Well, yeah, but you're going to have to, like, you're stepping into a situation where the odds are a little bit against you. And maybe they maybe it's a Cincinnati situation where, you know, two years after Burroughs drafted there in the AFC championship, and maybe that's the case for Jacksonville. But like Nathaniel Hackett is stepping into a place that already has a lot of talent. Yes, but and, the biggest question mark is the most important spot, of course. But I think if you if you solve that, and that's a big if because they've been yep. trying to do it for six years. Yeah. But you know, everyone nationally says if you can just get that position to work. You're you're a playoff contender. You're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. And so, and not every job not every job is like that. No. And I think that you know there's a pressure to win here in Denver. Yeah. You know, especially after six years without the playoffs, five consecutive losing seasons. There's a lot of pressure. Whatever ends up happening with ownership here, there's just going to be a lot. It's true. That's going to be on his plate here, and you know. But I think, like I mentioned, the the advantageous part of it is there's a lot of cap space. There's a lot of draft picks. So you you are going to be a part of the decisions that help form form what this looks like. Well, and if you're a if you're a fan, you know, even if this team doesn't win 14 games this year, uh-huh. you know, if you're like say you just happen to be battling for a playoff spot again it should at least be a little more exciting because yeah like they should score some points here yeah I, i'm not going to guarantee it because who knows what happens but you would think the days of like 10 points 13 points consistently getting held yeah. to that are, are hopefully done uh, vic fangio was asked hey did were you trying to win games this way and he said no we wanted to that's not what the goal was but i think that w- the uh, personality of the team starts looking like the head coaches. Yeah, you know, and so the I mean the Broncos won a, won their games. You know, some of them there where it was lower scoring, time of possession was important, long drives. You know, uh, trying to limit the other team's uh, you know possibilities. That was the mindset. You right. know, so we'll have to see what uh, the what it looks like under Hackett. Well, my last question for you here is, what is this higher? tell you about George Payton? So that's a good, uh, I like that question and I'm glad you asked because I meant to bring that up earlier. I I think there was this notion going into the coaching search that George Payton was going to play it safe with Dan Quinn Mm. because it's not against Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn was a good football coach in this league. Obviously he's very well respected. He might as well get another job um, for in this cycle, but George Payton had a connection with him. Yeah. Previously established, Dan Quinn was a former head coach, so you know exactly what you're getting with him. Um, and I think there was probably a very high floor with Dan Quinn, where yeah. you're like, "This is not going to crash and burn. We know yeah. exactly where we're getting. We're going to be okay." And I think when you couple that like potential decision with the fact that the Broncos drafted Pat Sertan over a Justin Fields or Mac Jones, you get this. There's this narrative that some people have that like George conservative Payton, George yeah that was like a conservative choice yeah and so the fact that they the Broncos went out and hired Nathaniel Hackett to me it makes one I think it dispels that and it says yeah. George is willing to go out and do what it takes to yeah. turn this around he's not relying simply on the connections he has he's not playing it safe 
it is a risk when you hire a first-time head coach. Yeah. No, I don't think it's as big of a risk as hiring Kevin O'Connell would have been, but it is yeah. still a risk. And so I think the fact that George went out there, he took his chance, it makes me think, okay, he's going to go try to take a chance at the quarterback position too. Yeah. And it makes me think that George Payton is doing what it takes. He understands what it takes to get this done. And so I, I think in just in terms of my perspective of George and, and what's next – this is highly encouraging. Yeah, it, it tells me like uh, he doesn't go into these things with any preconceived notions. He's yeah. trying to make just the best decision each time he's going into one of these things. What's the best decision here at number nine? What's the best decision here with this head coaching hire? Just each individual choice trying to make the best choice here. Uh, I will say the other thing that it tells me, Eric, is that when you look at the rest of the league here, Especially, I think a lot of fans were watching that Kansas City-Buffalo game. And you see the amount of points that go up in less than two minutes there at the end of the game. And then you think about this Broncos team, and you just say, boy, how are the Broncos supposed to compete with that? You know, it seems like the Broncos aren't playing the same sport sometimes. Right. It, it had felt like that. And to me, this hire suggests that George sees that too and says – Look, we've got to make decisions here that are going to give us a chance to compete with these guys. We've got to be able to – now, the Broncos have competed with the Chiefs, and those games have been closer. Right. But I'm saying – Consistently. Uh, if you're down four and you need a touchdown here and there's a minute 30 left, you got to have some stuff in the arsenal that's like, we can go do this. Right. It didn't, it didn't always feel like that with the Broncos. And I think that if you're a fan and you're watching the playoffs and you're just like – Gosh, these offenses are playing different than the Broncos right. are. I think George also said by with this hire says, I see that and here's our response to that. Right. And I would say one more thing about George is that just like nobody really saw the Sertan pick coming, all week people have been taught there's been you know, Nathaniel Hackett showed up on Monday for his second interview, and then he flew out, and there was a lot of speculation about, well, does this mean— They didn't get the deal they done They didn't get the deal night. done. Does that yeah. mean they're not interested? Is Dan Quinn the favorite? Why did they go out for Mexican food? Right. And then, you know, Dan Quinn all of a sudden, like, why hasn't the interview happened? Is Kevin yeah. O'Connell now the favorite? Like, there's all this chatter and kind yeah. of speculation. That's and, how the sports world is now. Well, but I think— in the past, like when Vance Joseph was hired, when Vic Fangio was hired, those things got out there pretty quickly. That like, yeah, uh, you know, Vance Joseph is is considered to be the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, that, that, that narrative that, got out there. That stuff hasn't really come out. Yeah, even like it took a long time when there were final that it was known that there were finalists. It took a long time for even those names of the finalists to come out. It yeah. didn't come out that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be in Denver on Monday until like an hour before he landed. Yeah, or or like uh, when they interviewed him, they also interviewed Getzy at the same you know the same time. I meant the more recent interview. But yeah, I'm saying, but the first time around, yeah. like they kind of it kind of made it seem like oh they weren't taking these guys like really seriously, right? And so I guess all that to say is that going into free agency, going into the draft, I think it just shows it's always going to be really hard to tell what George yeah. Payton is going to do. He holds his cards close to the vest because I don't. I think, you know, on Wednesday, for example, people didn't think that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the head coach. Yes, uh, just because of the narrative that was out there. But I think sometimes if you just say, I'm not going to pay attention to all this other stuff. I'm just going to use some common sense here. And if you use common sense, it's a, it's, it shows the Broncos interviewed 10 guys. And the first guy that they brought back for a second interview was Nathaniel Hackett. So well, that but, should tell you that they're pretty serious about the guy. But nobody's used that common sense online. Correct. But it's, I'm saying if you just ignore the Mexican food and the, all the plane tracking nobody, and nobody all this has. kind of stuff. Nobody has ignored yeah. it. But if you just say, look, they interviewed 10 guys. Then they wanted to bring back uh, somebody for a second interview. That was Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe he's a favorite. Right. You know, I saw like, a tweet on Wednesday that said, um, should all the talk about Nathaniel Hackett and Dan Quinn actually suggest that Kevin O'Connell is the favorite? This is the conspiracy theory. And I was like, there's a we, lot of like just, galaxy brain takes correct. out there. Yes. But I do think that part of that is just there have not there were not leaks. You know, That's true. this stuff did not get out. A, George Payton sat there and he made it. He thought about it. He made his decision. Yep. And then, you know, finally the news comes out. Yeah. But 
man, you never, I never thought that Pat Sertan was going to be the pick there at nine. Yeah. I think there were times this week when other people didn't think, you know, Nathaniel That's Hackett true. was going to be the higher. And so who knows what's going to happen? Like, I don't think yeah. George Payne is not going to. a bit of a tighter ship. He's not going to come out and say, we're going after a veteran quarterback. Yeah. He might say, like, he's going to say, we're going to explore yeah. all options. We got a lot of yeah. flexibility, you know, and. It's just a different vibe than maybe know. with Elway. Yeah. Because Elway, there is no plan B. You know what you I mean? You go like get that, your guy. Exactly. Yeah. That that's the vibe. Yeah. It's a little bit different now. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Which I respect about George. I think that's good. Of course. There's different ways to do all yeah. of these yep. things, you know. And you know, if uh you have to try and figure out a trade to get one of these big time quarterbacks or something like that, then in those situations, you know, having a guy like John as an advisor is helpful. Yeah. So Well and but I like you talk about a trade package. I have no sense. If there's anybody off yeah, limits to George, yeah, exactly. I have you no got sense no how idea. many picks he's willing to give up. Yes, I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's all makes it fun. Yeah, it does. Anything is on the table. Yeah. That's true. So we're uh, pretty excited, though. I think to get to know what Nathaniel Hackett's all about. We're excited to talk wine with him. Yeah, you know, I like a nice Barolo, of course. Barolo, yeah. yeah. I think you like a Montalpacciano. Yeah, big Italian wine guy. Yeah, exactly. A Sangiovese. Yeah. yeah. You know how it goes. Exactly. I'm more of like a Burgundy, mm. you know, a nice Pinot Noir, that yeah. type of thing. But I do enjoy a nice uh, bold, yeah. bold. If it's not from know. Tuscany, it's not for me. Yeah. That could be a fun – that could be another fun segment where we're wine like – Wine tasting? It, yeah, we're like uh, – what does the wine you like say about Ooh, like a personality test. Exactly. Yeah. Or we could get, like, boxed wine and, like, a nice wine and have him do, like, taste, a blind taste yeah, test. Yeah, and just be like, tell me what you think about yeah. this. Yeah. Put him right on the spot. Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> taste this. This is Franzia. Yeah. <laughs> you taste this and you tell me, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Not a sponsor and definitely will not be now. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's a lot of good box wine out there. Nowadays, yeah, you know, it's is that true? Cheaper, cheaper packaging. Ooh, yeah, yeah you can something more a little, little collegiate about box yeah. wine. You probably also don't like like a screw ta- like top, right? Like you, you want a nice cork. You're like, I want a nice. <laughs> yeah, you don't I want, want the wax syn- seal. On you it, don't you know? want. You don't want the synthetic cork. You want an actual cork that you just pull it out. I don't know if people saw yeah. that video on Twitter of the the tongs. They take like these really hot tongs. And then they wipe the bottle with like super cold water, and you put the tongs around the neck of the bottle. Pops it. it no, it snaps the the neck of the bottle. Yeah, and then that's so you don't get any fragments from an old cork in your wine. Oh, that's, oh, that's how they opened yeah. an old wine. Yeah, got it. Because they also have. But the, that's what I do with all my wine. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you just chop. You just break it off on the table. Yeah, the little board. sword yeah, trick with exactly. the champagne. Yeah, exactly. Or with an older bottle of wine, Eric. There's a different kind of a you don't actually corkscrew the yeah you just wedge it and then pull it out you wiggle it around a little bit exactly we'll have to get into this with hacking yeah yeah and then also maybe we could have him um dissect an animal right on camera too you know be like that's true back in the day you know like let's open up this frog and just get into it a little phil one thing Actually, we won't go there. <laughs> Next episode. Next episode. Yeah. Huh? yeah, maybe he could diagnose our issues. You know, yeah. like, hey, you're going to be a doctor. Let us know what's yeah. what's wrong with us. Uh, yeah, my elbow's got this weird rash. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the only thing, Nathaniel Hackett, the hair. Yeah, we still well, we gotta. We'll talk to him about it yeah. a little bit. More important for the queue. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers' hair? I'm not. I don't. It's a lot. This is a sensitive issue. Yeah, you know? I don't, don't think we can. I don't think we're allowed to talk about his hair. I think that's one of the. <laughs> yeah, maybe the that's CBA a doesn't. Episode, yeah, a different. Uh, yeah, maybe we could do that with the uh, draft process. process Ooh, yeah. You know, we could do that. Some good. Uh, yeah, we can get Sam Howell has good hair, right? I think. Yeah. What about how? Yeah, how? How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could get into that a little bit. You did one, Mark, or how many you do? <laughs> yeah, I did two. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Well, we didn't take any voicemails or any emails no. in this episode. We'll definitely get into that next time. There's going to probably be a lot of reaction here. Yep. We'll have to uh, get to that. If somebody's fired up about the hacking, how do they leave a voicemail? 707 Neutral. You call in on your telephone. 
yep. your mobile device. You leave a voicemail. You do not have to talk to anybody. You don't have to talk to Ben Swanson. It's automated. Yeah. But you leave your message. If it's – I don't know if AJ's – AJ probably knows. AJ, AJ, tell us how this impacts Teddy Bridgewater's future. Yes. Ooh, that's probably all that AJ cares about. Yeah. Really. Um, but, no, you can leave yeah. a voice message there. If you don't want to leave a voice message, you can still leave an email. Yep. Neutral Zone Show. At gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Google. Yeah. You can also hit us up uh, directly on Twitter. That's right. Uh, at Eric Delala with an A. That's me. At Phil Milani with a PH. Yep. Non-traditional spellings. Of course. But they're kind of, it's kind of a fun way to spell. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, trendy. It's, it's hip. Yeah. Yeah, you can also hit up the Broncos Podcast Network. That's right. I don't even know who monitors at Bronco who Podcast. I think Ben Swanson ben may Swanson's monitor it soon. I don't know. Yeah, probably. We'll see what happens. Probably. Or just uh, leave a comment right here on the YouTube page. That's right. You got to be fired up right now. Yeah. Instant reactions. Yeah, exactly. Just leave a comment. Boom. Let us know. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. 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 Smash the subscribe. Boom. Uh, uh, uh. Bang. Boom. <laughs> Smash it and then let us know. Uh, did you even have any shout-outs for this week? Ooh. Well, shout-out to our new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. We hope to talk with him soon. Uh, he's got a, a big family. I'm sure he'll welcome them to kids, Denver. Yeah. Two sons and two daughters. Yeah. Big family. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we've seen, like, George Payton move here from Minnesota. His kids are uh, Minnesota, Green Bay. We're welcoming the, everyone from the great the north. great north. Yeah. Yeah. It's been snowing outside. So Is there anybody else from right the great north that we could welcome? Uh, mm, I don't know. Mm. Maybe mm. Canadian Football League. <laughs> yeah. You know, get, some of the, get the next Warren Moon. Ooh, that Doug could be Flutie. Good. Yeah. Something like that going a little bit. That could be nice. So, yeah. On the so next episode, we'll talk about is Nathaniel Hackett on pace to be a Hall of Fame coach? Yes. We have to know. Yeah. I'm sure uh, we'll hear from Nathaniel Hackett, so maybe we'll have some of that. Some comments, yeah. Uh, and then maybe see what he thinks about staff, maybe. I mean, yeah. who knows how fast yeah. this is going to come together. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. I mean, it's just fast because you turn around, you got to see. You got to go. You got to go. You're going to be in Mobile. I am. You're the draft starts there. in Mobile. That's what they say. Yeah. Catch me at Winsel's. The future is now. Not a sponsor. But no, it really could, could be. be. It really could be. <laughs> it really could be. <laughs> it really could be. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to hit the ground running. You got to get ready to you, rock. You got to go. And I'm sure that the staff was brought up in the meeting, too. Yeah, I would hey, think who's so. going to be yeah. – who, who do you have in mind? Yeah. Who do you want? Who's on your short list? You think you can – Maybe run a position group or mm, – We'll see. I'll... If you were to run a position group, what would it be? Ooh. I think the safeties. I have a good rapport with Justin. You do. I think he'd listen rapport. to me. You do. Yeah. I you think guys, he'd listen to me. You would tell him stuff, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, I'd be like, okay, Justin, go, d- go tell everybody else what to yeah, do. Go tell Keaton Stearns this. He would do it. And then that's like, go intercept yeah. the ball. Go do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah. Like how he picked off Dak. Like I think I think you got to be a little bit of a louder personality to be like a defensive line coach. The DBs, though. I mean, there's a lot of person. That's true. Yeah, you got to be kind yeah. of a. I can I can hang. Got it. Uh, and then before we say goodbye, your picks for this weekend. Oh yeah, just real quick. Yeah, Sorry. Um, mm. I think it, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go chalk. I think it's Rams. I think it's Chiefs. Me too. I really would love for our boy Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow to go into Arrowhead and just slay the dragon. What did you think about him saying? Uh, I'm not worried about the crowd noise there. The SEC stadiums way louder. What do you think? It's a fact, right? I love that. Oh God, I like yeah. the confidence. You go to the you go to the swamp. Wrong. You go to the I think swamp. He's a little wrong. You win there because because in that situation you're just looking Tuscaloosa? at the sideline and there's like a poster with like you know <laughs> a couple guys faces. Well, what up does there. he care? They said the headset went out That's in their true. home in, just in Nashville and yeah. he just called the plays. Yeah, what is it, Zach Taylor? Just he just hang out, man. Yeah, just relax. <laughs> Yeah. Joe's like, we're going to run that bomb on this play. <laughs> He's just like, hey, uh, Jamar, you go get open, and yeah, I'm going to throw run far. it to you. Yeah. And then you make some magic happen. I mean, he's just a couple weeks ago. He was like, "It's like that meme where I just say F it, Jamar's down there somewhere." <laughs> I was like, "This guy's amazing." He's yeah. wearing dorky glasses to his presser to be funny. Uh, do you think you're going to get some good sound bites out of Hackett? You're going to have to do my best. Yeah. Like, hey, just so you know, there's. I think. I think what I. And who knows what will happen, but based on everything I've heard, 
is that you can probably ask Nathaniel Hackett about like a, a league wide question mm. during the week or like nothing's you know, off the table. I, I just think that there's probably you'll probably get some more thought out. I don't know the right way to Got put it. it, but I think I think you could just get some good answers from him on stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and hopefully some funny sound bites too. Right, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, you know, I want like some Austin Powers, maybe yeah. some Anchorman. Right, you know, yeah, rank the Will Ferrell movies. Maybe you could ask him that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good question. That's a good there. question. Let me just follow that one away. Okay. I'll follow that one. All right, that is going to do it for us. We'll be back next week to break down a lot more with this coaching hire. But for now, Nathaniel Hackett, the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. For Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The Neutral Zone.